I would like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Julianne. Hi, I'm Julianne, anorexic bulimic compulsive by eater. Hi, And I will try to speak slower than normal. Um, 15, 15, and 10 is fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been programmed probably about 12 years. I've been abstinent for about 10. Um, I'm a really nice person, and I brought a French program because she threw up a lot. Yes. Such a nice person. And um, I, I stayed. Um, my story goes a bit like, probably around when I was a teenager was when my disease really started acting up. But always, I remember back to food, and I was raised Catholic, and at Christmas time you get these little Santa sets full of candy, and I'd polish off mine before breakfast, and then have breakfast, and then be going through my sister's, and I'd feel sick and eat more. Note to self. Um, so I uh, went down that line. I was a, uh, we had this sport called, it was athletics, but it was little athletics because we were kids, so we were little. And we got little athletics. And so I was quite athletic and all that sort of stuff. I'm pretty successful at that. And then um, this um, puberty thing happened. really didn't work well for me because I wanted to be straight up and down. Got the opposite. And uh, really didn't help with the speed on the track. So I think that kind of kicked in with me, uh, sort of like, oh my God, how can I be thin, how can I be thin? And my idea of dieting was eating or not eating. And I don't think I ever lasted a day on a diet, honestly. I really, I'd start, you know, I think you all know that the routine, I start on the Monday and blah, 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 and I had stuffed it up, so you may as well just keep eating and keep eating until the next Monday. Like, you know, not to just start something in the next five minutes. Ooh, who knew that concept? And, um... So I kind of went through my teenage years and just kind of really struggling with food. And I look back now, and of course I look back now, I kind of was kind of normal size, I guess, but I always wanted to be thin. And I just think what I really had was an uncomfortability with being in the world. So, um, you know, food made me feel good, and, and, you know, my sugar, chocolate was my, my high. And, um, and I just do weird things with it, like make it last, eating it, and just weird, weird things. And... Um, so then I got in towards later, later teens, and you know you got something with food when it's a birthday present, and you get framed the chocolate wrapper for a gift from your friends. <laughs> so <laughs> they knew. Um, and you know, in Australia, you get to go out much younger, so you're kind of drinking from 16 and going out and partying at clubs, and you know, got to stop by the 7-Eleven on the way home and gorge myself and go to bed, and you know, I kind of... Uh, it's amazing who you attract in your life when you're in your disease. I just I met this man who was a, a vegan, so I uh, <laughs> I became the vegan and uh, cut out everything. And oh my God, thank God they teach you not to preach in this program because I was the most awful vegan because I tell everybody why they should be a vegan. Yeah, I was I was great to have a party. So it was really, really cool. Yeah, because I was drinking distilled water, not real, you know, regular water, and uh, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. My personality was about as varied as my diet. Um, just a joy. And I was one of those people that you like, people would come up to in the bar and be like, wow, aren't you smiling? I'd like to kill you. Um, no problem. And I just always felt less than and sort of that low self-esteem thing, but didn't have any words to articulate. I didn't know it had anything to do with feelings. I was just like, no, I just need to get in shape and be perfect and then I'll live happily ever after and be famous or rich and that's the point. So, um, I uh, found this person and lived that lifestyle and 
oh god and I think I was, I was probably only anorexic for about three months I was really not a successful anorexic and because uh, then I ate and I just was like oh my god I was like and I thought I was so smart because I thought I'd eat and throw it up so I could eat and throw it up there was a solution um, so I went down that sort of spiraling path and I mean god I've just done everything to control food from laxatives to smoking cigarettes to diet pills to <laughs> acupuncture, um, anything that, you know, was, a, was a, a phantom promise of, you know, basically I think what I wanted was you can eat whatever you want and weigh what you want to weigh and then I would have been happy if I had found that solution. Um, so I uh, actually came over here the first time when I was ooh, 22. I think I got into program around 23. Broke up with the vegan. Um, and uh, got into program and I just really struggled with it. I didn't understand... The big book literally was like reading Greek to me. Like I really didn't understand it and kind of old language and how does this relate and I to this meeting and people were hugging each other and I was like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And um, there was a podium in the first one and then this, I was new and this person came up and spoke to me and I just wanted to run out of there. Like, do not talk to me. Try and sell me your blue book. I was raised Catholic. We had books too. We had <laughs> money in the plate and the priest was a molester and I know you people. <laughs> Just 
months after that again, <laughs> oh, sorry, just once, that went on for six months, um, I uh, got that abstinence back again of just not throwing up. And um, I was very, coming from the vegan background, that was very good food, bad food, calorie, all that sort of stuff. So it was very much a process of, you know, it's me trying to eat the right foods and just binging on, you know, whatever and calling it a meal and that was the best I could do and there were nights when I went to bed and there was food over here and it was just absolutely disgusting. I felt like crap. Went to sleep, wake up the next day um, and uh, gradually I had to learn how to not eat the right foods that I thought were right but like, I didn't even know what hunger was. Like, what was that? I didn't know what feelings were. I mean, there was a meeting in Hollywood and it had all these faces of expressions of what a feeling was, and I was like, oh, I was, I was like, oh, there's a lot of feelings, isn't there? There was like a lot of faces. I was just like, oh, what's that? Oh, like, just so disconnected. I was just so, I just, no connection to anything. I was just, just, you know, hanging on to my food to get through life, basically, and, you know, hanging on to food so that I thought I was in control of the world, and hanging on to food just because it made me feel good at the time, you know. And uh, so then I went through a process of um, uh, putting on weight and um, I was having this particular food every night. I'd eat my dinner and then I'd have that as a snack afterwards. I'm like, why don't I just have that snack thing that I know I'm going to have, because I always had it, for my dinner. And then like three months of that, like the dinner came and I'm like, I'd like some vegetables. Someone had entered my apartment and not told me. And I was like, I was like so shocked that actually I would choose or my body wanted something healthy that was kind of amazing to me. And that kind of started the downward path of, um, God, it was annoying to go out with me when I was in those foodie things. Like all the, all the parameters I had of what I could and couldn't eat. It's just so sad, really, because I just had to so focused on myself for so long and no no consideration of how my actions or thoughts would affect anybody else no no thought of um, you know how it affected my family or anything just too so self-consumed with myself and um, so I went down the path of learning how to eat what I wanted and having what I wanted and then the next part for me was if I because I put on weight I was like if I accept myself in this way then that to me was I'm going to stay there so I ain't doing that that's no, no, no means no. And um, I went to this meeting and this poor girl, I felt so bad for her. She was talking, she was all happy, and she was like, and I love myself. And I was so embarrassed for her because I didn't think she realized that she said it out loud. <laughs> I was like, we all heard you. It was so embarrassing. And um, <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Most of my recovery has come from me focusing on loving myself and uh, re- basically retaping those negative messages and uh, a sponsor got me to like look in the mirror one time and write down all the crap that my head told me that I was like, oh my God, that's really mean stuff. Like that's what I walk around with all the time, just constantly and write the opposite and um, they became my affirmations. And slowly but surely, like learning to love and accept my body at a weight that was totally unacceptable to me was actually the key when I started losing weight. Everything looks backwards for me, it seems, with this program. And, uh, and I'm glad, because I don't think I would have stayed. If I had like, figured out the food and the weight, I would have been like, oh, that's really nice knowing your people, but like, Saturday afternoon, got other things to do. Um, <laughs> like, think about myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, 
then um, then what happened? So, that, so my food, like the whole three meals and a snack thing, getting to like regular, that was, it took me a good five years of just not throwing up and figuring out food and figuring out all that sort of stuff. Like I'm, this, for someone who I think I'm kind of smart, really slow, really didn't get this, really two steps forward, one step back all the time. The only thing I've done consistently is come to meetings um, and I've always been a member of OA and what really kicked in the, the full steam recovery for me was apparently there's these steps people do. I don't know. So I was fine and when I was trying to make that transition of like my meals were huge and that one sponsor was like, she said she would take me through the steps like one every week and, and lo and behold, the fourth week, fourth step in there, my food just started, the plates just started getting smaller and I had this sensation, it's called full and you stop eating when it happens. It was so new to me because my, my full was full keep eating and um, I also, what was a big tool for me and learning about when I was hungry and when I wasn't was prayer and I, I asked God to help me make loving choices, not healthy choices because sometimes a loving choice for me is dessert and uh, uh, help me stop eating when I'm full, you know, and it was so weird, I was like, I want to eat more but I'm so full and I was like, that's my head, that couldn't possibly have been enough to eat and um, it's amazing because, as I said earlier, I was raised Catholic and, you know, this God thing, I was like, oh, no, oh, I'm not buying that, you know. I used to go to church and, like, the people aren't that nice to each other and the guy at the front saying be nice to each other. And, you know, you go out and the neighbours are all good. I'm like, mm, I don't know. And the money kept, the plate kept going around. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Because they're sending it around, like, more every week. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this guy. And... Um, Okay, great. And uh, so it's been a, it was a slow process. And I went through the steps, and I did them the big book way. She was really cool. She had an exercise book, and each did a fear inventory, resentment inventory, um, sexual inventory, and uh, which one? Resentment. Yeah, resentment. All of them. Um, and people appeared on them multiple times. And I just put down everyone's name on you because I really didn't know it too much. I was like, oh, I know this person. I'm sure I did something. Uh, whatever. Well, I'm sure they did something to me. So um, I, uh, the ninth step was pretty funny. I'm completely all over the place, but hopefully you'll get something out of something. And if not, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because uh, it's not about me. Um, the... I went, to, I, was so, I, feel, I just have to laugh at myself a lot. I just, I just try so hard sometimes. I went to this store in Australia where I had stolen like a gym outfit. And I went to the store and I got the manager and then she was so embarrassed, felt so bad. And then she's like, sorry love, we don't sell that stuff. I think it's one store down. And I was just like, oh my God, it was my first demand. I have got so much courage to get in the store. Beetroot red. She's like, oh, sorry love, we've never sold that the other store. <laughs> oh, God. Like, thank God, I get it. This doesn't have to be so serious. You know, and for me, my amends were really, like, because I obviously was a bit of a stealer because then there was this other store that I <laughs> took a top from. And, um, you know, the, I was so uncomfortable because the woman was like, so, oh, my God, I'm so impressed and you've made my day. And da, da, da. I'm like, okay, just take the money, please. And, um, you know, what, what I've gotten from program, you know, besides great and wonderful people in my life is... Um, I have to sort of uh, respect myself now and I really try to make decisions based on, you know, if I liked myself, what would I do? Because my whole upbringing was, for my, and I don't think it was taught or anything, my parents were great, no, my brothers and sisters had this thing, um, was, uh, you know, just you're a piece of shit, 
you need to be the best and, that, and famous and like have the most amount of money or you're nothing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still in the process of figuring out what I want to be when I grow up. You know, I've worked for a bunch of people and a bunch of people in this town and I'm like, well, no, really, okay, you know, I really don't want to be that. Um, and, uh, and also had some great experiences as well, you know, and that's what this program has taught me too about finding what's good in me, what's good in life, what's good in people. Because I used to be the, I could see someone walk in the room and it, because, and it's all just a reflection of how I thought about myself. Because I found fault in everything I did and everything I specifically saw about myself, that's all I saw in other people. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful that basically I've been given a second chance at life. Like, literally, the way I thought has been taken out of my head and a new way of thinking has been put in my head. And the only way that was achieved was through the steps, I think. And, um, yeah, so sometimes I have a little voice and that sort of stuff, but it's just like, you know, thanks for sharing, dude, you know, whatever. And, like, I'm very impressed with my higher power. I'm like, dude, if you want me to do whatever you want me to do, don't make me figure it out, map it out, happy to do it, don't make this a puzzle. Okay? A little slow here, red neon signs. Go. And I'm very happy to be of service and do God's will. Just don't make me have to figure it out too much. And, um, you know, and who gets the most gifts? Me. When I'm in service, who gets to feel good? Me. Like, I'm able to be in the world today in a way that um, I can go anywhere, any room and speak to anyone, pretty much. And, you know, before it was like, oh, I'm too fat or I can't go to the party or, oh, what are they going to think of me or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's so not about me. Life is so not about me and I'm so relieved that it's not about me and I'm so relieved that I don't know anything because then I have freedom. And peace of mind is the biggest gift that I have been given from this program. And it's free. It's also a good thing. Um, and it, it's available at any time. And I didn't realize actually how much of a negative thinker I was. I just thought it was a way to motivate myself. <laughs> and I thought being a perfectionist was a good quality. And um, I'm also lately learning that the, the people-pleaser thing really is another form of me not being vulnerable. Because if I focus on you and let you continually talk about yourself for 10 years, um, then you don't actually have to know me, but I'm a really good friend and you really like me. So I get to be in control and uh, not be vulnerable. So that's the latest lesson. Um, and, uh, you know, my poor husband, he cops the worst of it, really. I'm so bad at this program with him. Like, I'm really good at it with other people, and he's my... Because he just did what I said. Everything's <laughs> you know. And I love that he's never been to a meeting. We've been married for six years. And because um, <laughs> he just hear things in passing, and one time he's like, hey, why don't you put it in your code box? I'm going to take you down, honey. I'm going to take you down. Like, you better get yourself a good box and you better get it real quick. Yeah. So it's like, it's funny, you know. I mean, I have to have a sense of humor with this program. And I was so depressed and angry and bitter for so long, internally, like externally I was pretty happy and that sort of stuff, but internally, like the, the crap that went on in my head and just so black, such a black, black place and so lonely. I mean, that was the biggest thing was I was a night eater. Like I could pretty much breakfast, lunch, no problem, dinner, come dark, oh gee, gotta eat, gonna die, you know, I was like, really, and it'll start tomorrow, and um, the, biggest, the biggest change was one night when I, I didn't have the food, and I, the, I believe the reason why I ate was like, the intense loneliness that the food covered for me, physically, I thought I was going to die, 
I was in a ball on the floor crying, and this happened two nights in a row. I've never felt that way since. I physically thought I was dying. And the food, and I didn't even think to have the food. It was just because it was so paralyzing, I couldn't even move. And it was like, oh, oh, that would be loneliness. That would be loneliness. Don't ever want to go there again. And, um, you know, I have moments of that these days, but it's so, you know, I have a God today, which is just baffling. You know, it's just like, what is that? Because I didn't understand that whole higher power thing. So someone said, write a list of what you want your higher power. Your higher power is going to be in charge of your life. I'm like, in charge of my life? Okay, fine. Right. Knows the answer to every question that I have before I ask it. No, wants me to be happy, you know, can make better choices for me. Like, I was like, okay, if this thing's going to be taking care of my life, it better, like, cover every single aspect of every thought, every wall I can put up, every single thing that can possibly, you know, be done to just, just go against myself. And so um, I don't even, I don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, a given today. Like, I don't... Um, visualize something anymore. I, don't, I had to do that at first because I wanted something tangible because this faith thing, which was this out there thing, I didn't, I was like, no, I need something tangible that I can see to believe. And um, that's been really, really cool and really helpful. It uh, was very helpful, that's for sure. And um, the latest thing, 10 years in recovery, tell you what works, meditation. <laughs> Sort through prayer and meditation. Sort through prayer and meditation. I was asking for years, wasn't listening. And um, it's only been in the past year that I have, number one, been able to sit still and uh, actually listen. And it's for me, even if it's just a de-stressor, it's like it's an allotted amount of time where I'm consciously trying to make an effort to listen to my higher power. doesn't matter if it works or it doesn't work or, or whatever, but my life seems to flow more steadily. I don't have... I really don't have drama in my life today at all. Um, I feel like I'm going through another clean-up crew with my life where it's like, what relationships are working? What relationships am I, you know, hanging on to out of defects? Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's amazing for, for me who was so worried about myself and my place in the world that, you know, the, the safest way for me to be and my first thought is how can I be of service or what can I bring to a situation? It's so freeing you know, than thinking that the world is on my shoulders or that I need to figure everything out. And um, my sponsor's been really good with me lately. She's, um, it's real simple. Get up every day. What's the joy? Where's the joy today? How can I bring joy? I'm like, oh. You know, because for me, it's been, you know, I got into program and it's like I can get so into working the program. It's like, yeah, I work my program and this is my foundation so I have a life, you know, so that I can enjoy my life. And, um, you know, so sometimes I don't go to as many meetings. Sometimes I go to more. Um, I have sponsees. I have a couple that call me every day. I have a couple that call me whenever. I have a couple that just send me their food. And, um, you know, try to meditate. Try to meditate perfectly, yeah, maybe five times a week. And that's, that's another big key issue for me, too, is like just not doing it perfectly. You know, my head will still tell me, you know, that 10 to 15 pounds could make a difference. Just drop it. Come on, you can do it. And it's like any time I focus on trying to lose weight, it, it, the opposite happens. Yeah. You know? And if you, I mean, I didn't understand. I'm like, what do you mean if I have a high power and I work on my spiritual life, my food will get in order? Like, I don't understand. And um, that's been another gift today, uh, for me today, because my mother reminds me that all I did as a child was walk around and go, but why? 
Oh, how annoying is that? But why? But why? But why? But why? I didn't do anything she said. Well, the voice said, but why? Ask your father. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just such, such an inquisitive, like, want to know. I want to know. I want to know how this is going to work. I want to know where I'm going to be. And, um, you know, as I referred to the negative thinking, I also didn't realize how fear-based I was. I'm just terrified to be here on the planet, period. Um, like, no wonder why I had food. You know, like, I just, my anxiety of that I'm not going to be taken care of or that something's going to happen to me was just so high. And um, it's, it's weird. It's kind of happening when my husband drives the car now. I'm kind of like, I'm like, my, everything, this program was for me and everything. And my son's like, well, you're just going to have to pray about it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just, you know, I'm just so scared because we hit the back of the car one time and I just keep thinking that's going to happen again. And um, my anxiety, I just, I mean, it just... It just, it's like this disease that was just, like, just grips me and it just becomes the focus. And, um, you know, the, the freedom that the program gives me is an opportunity to think another way. Like, my way may not be the best way. Um, you know, to... Now, the big thing I've got from the program is that I don't have to know the answer. That's the cool bit. And it's amazing when I just spend my day... Like my life is pretty good. Yes, I could have more money. Yes, I could have a different car. Yes, my husband would be X, Y, Z more. Um, all these things. But ultimately, like if like having peace of mind most of the day, having the freedom to you know be creative, to be self-supporting. You know, God's got the weirdest job for me. It's so funny. Um, I'm taping some. I'm going to say, but oh, isn't that terrible? putting that out there and just taking it away. Basically, I have, uh, it's like this phone voice thing and I have to evaluate these people to say whether or not they're really good at it or they're not good at it. So it's a very easy job that I do from home so I can pursue other things. And, um, you know, that's been another thing. Is like, If anything, the anorexic side, side um, has probably shown itself more after being in program for a while with like the, the little thinking, like... Um, uh, small thinking, like the fear of financial security and all that sort of stuff. I thought when I came here, I thought you people were going to tell me I was going to win the lottery and have financial security. Um, what I've learned is I don't have financial insecurity anymore. And, um, you know, how I got to practice that too was when I was not at my most abundant, I would put more money in the basket. Just, you know, just because that was the scary thing to do. And that's what I do a lot too, is my head really isn't a really cool place to hang out most of the time. Um, so I do the opposite of what it says. Um, that seems to be the most fulfilling. And all the time has given me a program is just more evidence of how God works in my life. That's all it is, is I have a bit more uh, evidence to say to my head, well, you can do that, but uh, you know this works and this works and has worked before, so why don't you keep doing what you're doing? Um, you know, so... Still got time. Wow, okay. Talk a lot. Um, um, what else do I want to share about? The thing that I love too about how, is how this program was created through like people that just... That would be true to me too. I always thought I was the red pebble on the beach. You know, the special and different. Good for you. That's great. Terrified to be one of many. I was like, to be one of many, that's kind of less than and not as cool. So I wanted to be special and different. I, you know, I was the uh, teenager, shaved her head, eyebrow ring, still got the tattoos. Um, fine with that. I'm just really glad the tattoo guy didn't talk to me out of putting it on my calf. 
<laughs> so happy that happened. There is a God. Seriously, I'm mortified today with all my gas. I'm like, oh my God. Um, no, oh yeah, so being one of many is like the freest thing to be. Like the fact that I don't need to know everything or, you know, I'm different from you or, you know, uh, you're doing something better than me and that, that we all have a purpose in being here and my purpose is equally as valuable as everyone else's. That's amazing to me. And basically my world today is the more I uh, work on my own self-love and compassion and... Uh, you know, the way I view my life and, like, really tapping out those negative little thoughts and the, I don't have and the whiny whine, um, that's the world that's reflected back to me. And, you know, for someone who wants to be in power and control and run the world, that's really empowering. Like, wow, you know, I can't change other people, places and things, but I can certainly, you know, change the way I feel about myself with my higher powers help and through practice and through, you know, taking different actions and just creating new patterns, basically. And I think, I mean, I think I've kind of got into my disease at 13. I've been absent 10 years now, so I'm about 23 um, in my maturity, maybe, maybe not. Um, so I'm getting some sense of responsibility. And um, it's just really amazing to me that my solution to my happiness was beca- becoming a part of a group. I really never liked groups. <laughs> never liked them at all. Um, becoming part of a group and revealing, you know, who I am, basically. It's terrifying. You know, I just wanted to be perfect. You know, if you're perfect, you're thin, then you're lovable, right? <laughs> so not my story. I'm just so grateful that, you know, my higher power has got a man in my life that is the opposite of me. Most, in most things. And well, you know, I've just got to try to not make him like me. That's my job now, I've realised. I'm like, oh my God, why do you want him to be like you? Really, seriously, stop. <laughs> like, really, you don't want to deal with another you. Let him be who he is. And when I met him, he was, um, he's the kind of guy who's like, I'll trust you until you, you know, do something. And I'm like, oh, 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 you give me a reason to trust you and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> you know? So, and the way that I met him was really weird too. Like, you know, it's so weird, like, and I can't believe the corniest thing about the whole self-love thing is it just made me ripple with embarrassment when that girl said it, and that's been the biggest touchstone for me um, of my recovery. And even in, me and my husband, you know, they're like, oh, okay, just, yeah, I got to a point where I just did what I was told. You know, eventually I learned to just do what, don't change the steps, Julianne, just, they've been there for a reason, they've worked before, you don't need to fix them. Um, you know, I was a little rule breaker, I was always, you know, I was looking for the, the rule, the out, or to, you know, oh, I'll bring my library books back a week late, you know, take them out through the, you know, there's always something going on, you know, a little different, you know, and I find that being a part of and following the rules is a really, uh, you know, respectful way to be in the world because it respects my fellows. And I'm a big, even OA now too, I'm like, I'm the rule follower. I'm like, oh, oh, I was at a meeting and, and the gentleman said, no, no, you're not allowed to read outside literature. And went ahead and read it and I'm like, oh, no, stop, stop. But, um, and I, I'm grateful because it's such a safer place. Like, what other place in the world can you go where no one's allowed to comment on what you say? You don't have to do anything. That's all suggestions. You can be exactly who you are. You can show up if you want. You don't have to pay anything if you don't want to. You can if you can. And, um, and it's always here constantly, you know. And, and we have a common denominator where, I mean, my husband doesn't have a list of phone numbers where if he's not feeling so great, he can just call a number in any country. God, I wish he would sometimes. But, um, 
You know, I do. I mean, what a gift is that? That I can be in any country and walk into any OA meeting, or if there's no OA meetings, go to an AA meeting or whatever, and totally have a connection with other people that understand on some level where I come from. And it doesn't matter what race, what job, or financial level. It's so different than being in the outside world. It's like the one safe, sacred place where you're enough, basically. You know, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. And... Um, you know, it's, it's my responsibility to keep working on myself so that I am a uh, contributor to society today. So not my thinking, so, so not my words. Um, you know, that's high power right there. That, you know, that is my goal, you know. That's amazing to me that it's like, what can I bring? What can I, how can I help you? And, you know, in social situations, especially I have a couple of sponsees and they're just getting in the going out phase and leaving the house phase. They're leaving the house, people. Um, they, uh, you know, it's like, tell the girl that you're afraid of that her dress just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Why well, have to just speak to her? But she's so pretty. I'm like, absolutely. Yes, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I did. That's what I was told. And it's like, you know, I get to, to get to focus on other people and I'm making them feel good. And the balance with that is not at the... Um, at the cost of, you know, abandoning myself. Like, I need to have my well pretty full to be able to give that away. And um, I think I jumped off the husband thing. A friend told me in program, they're like, well, write all the qualities you want in a man and you become them. Fine. (laughs) Fine. And then I'm like, I took the cheese. I took the treat yourself how, treat yourself how you want others to treat you or however it goes. Literally, I went to the florist. I brought the flowers. I wrote myself a card. <laughs> Dear Julianne, she's the floor, she's looking at me, I'm like, it's fine. I love you. I think you're fantastic. Because I was always seeking from outside sort of stuff, you know, and it's like, I just, you know, always wanted to be food up from the outside, hence the food and the constant shoveling. Um, and that was, that was pretty funny about how all that worked. And it was so uncomfortable, and all the uncomfortable things I've done really have actually, you know, eventually giving me a grand amount of joy and um, I'm also, you know, in program today too, it's like, you know, life is really sucky for a long time, you know, I just want to have a good time and have some fun and, you know, enjoy people and I don't, you know, sometimes I have um, people in my life in program and they're very into their feelings and I'm, I try, I'm into my feelings a little but I can't hang out there too long because then my life gets dictated by them mm-hmm. and I can't, you know, sometimes my feelings don't come from a, a, a esteemable place so they can't actually be facts for me. So I need to, that's why my sponsor and keeping in touch with people is really important to me. And I even, you know, 10 years in, I'm really good at answering the phone. I'm still not that great at making them. I'm still much more comfortable listening and, you know, doing that sort of stuff. And um, hence <laughs> some of my friends that I'm now practicing talking to my, talking about myself with, yeah, they're so interested in listening because I've set it up where they get to talk all the time and they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to go, <laughs> someone else listen to me, so life is changing, but like everything else, I know that, you know, when my higher power takes stuff out of my life, it gets filled with other, uh, more loving choices, and I, can we finish there now? Take some questions. Yeah, questions. <laughs> Hi, thank you very much. Um, what is your absence? My abstinence, my bottom line abstinence, oh, what was my abstinence and how did I get to that? I repeated the question. <laughs> oh, thank you, John, for asking me to be a server today. Um, 
my abstinence is, well, my food plan is three, three meals and a snack, and I eat whatever I want. My abstinence is um, no throwing that up no matter what, and I'm not allowed to beat myself up after whatever I've eaten, basically. That's a big one for me because I would, you know, the shoulds and the shouldn't and the da-da-da-da-da. But um, I guess my abstinence and food plan is pretty entwined. I know that on the tools and that they're kind of separated, but I think mine is the three meals and a snack and the no beating myself up plus the no throwing up no matter what. How did I go from Catholicism to a higher power? Kicking and screaming. <laughs> um, I guess I had to totally separate. Um, well, the good thing was I think in our teenagers, my parents, and that they sort of stopped going to church and that as well because they, I think they were feeling the same sort of thing. And um, so, I, but I did have the very good bad mentality. So I just I did what I was told. I follow rules now. Um, and uh, I wrote down what I thought. You know, when I thought of a God, what came to mind? Not, not um, judging it and not, not what I think it should be, but actually what came to mind, or how I actually thought when I thought of a God. And then I got fired that God, <laughs> a bit of paper and burned it, and then I got to write what I would like a God of my choosing to be. And then I kind of, um, you know, I think religion's great, you know. Religion works well for people, and for me it's more about just taking the spirituality of things and kind of just kind of rolling them all together and, you know, I think the, the biggest relief is just me not knowing, having to figure it out. Like, if I, I could sat and figure it out or had to figure it all out, I, would, I wouldn't be where I am today. I don't think so. It's kind of like that leap of faith of, I don't know how, it just kind of works, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes? Are there foods that cause you an allergy of the body? Oh, are there foods that cause me an allergy of the body? Um, yes, I went through a period where I didn't eat sugar because I couldn't stop eating it. Um, dairy sometimes I'm a little allergic to, keep eating that. And, um, but it's been a process, like it's got to the point now where I can have anything, but I did have periods through the 10 years where I didn't eat sugar at all or I didn't eat like, um, you know, bags of things that didn't have an end because <laughs> the end was the end. Um, and... Uh, so that, that's probably been the biggest thing. And that's, you know, the truth is a lot of times I'll have things and, and sometimes it just doesn't make me feel good. And that's the barometer. So it's like, oh, that kind of felt shitty. Well, maybe we won't have that for dinner, you know. And then I'll, the next week again I'll have another bite of it and I'll be like, oh, yeah, it still makes me feel shitty. Oh, okay. That's just, you know, so that's kind of been. Before today, you know, if anything my diet's got even broader, like, I never used to eat fish. I love fish. Now. That's it.